Okay, I'm here at the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? I'm Grant Davies from Endgame Studios, and we're based in Melbourne, Australia. Okay, and what kind of games do you work on? We mainly work on DS games, um, handheld games, um, so that's been our background for the last few years. Okay. And what, what DS game are you working on now? We're working on our first original DS game, it's called Fractured Soul, and it's a classic uh, platform game, except with one unique twist, it's played on both screens of the DS at the same time. Okay, and the way it's set up then is that each screen has a different kind of physical property, or how, can you explain it a little more to give a sense of the benefits of using two screens? Sure, there are five different worlds, and in each of those worlds we have something unique going on in one of the screens. So for example, uh, one world might be underwater, so one of the screens is underwater, where the other screen is, is kind of your more controlled default level. And uh, for example, in the underwater world, you, you move slower, uh, but you can jump higher and you fall slower as well. So you've got to take that into account when you're switching between the two screens. Okay, so there are benefits to switching between the two screens you know, based on the physical properties of that specific environment. Exactly, and, and another example is uh, in the final world, we, we, we really change it up on the players and we have the other screen with uh, anti-gravity. So when you're switching screens, your gravity is changing as well. Okay, and what, you know, what inspired this game? Oh, I think uh, when we first saw the DS come out and we, we, we really thought about how we could utilize the two screens in an interesting way. Um, you know, a lot of games just put the, the map or the HUD down there and we thought, yeah. wouldn't it be cool if we could actually use both screens for gameplay? So that's where the idea came from. And what were some of the challenges as you were designing the game and developing it? Yeah, the, the big challenge for us was level design because we'd never seen anything that, um, that's using the two screens in this kind of way before and uh, trying to figure out innovative and interesting ways to keep using those two screens for, to, to spread the gameplay across them. Yeah. That was something that was a huge challenge for us to make, keep it fresh for the players. Yeah, so how did you do that? How did you test that? And, you know, um, what was the iteration process to actually get that to work? Because if you have one screen where it's kind of like they can just go through the whole level without having to swap to another screen or the second screen and vice versa, then it becomes... It, it doesn't leverage the, the gameplay you're trying to follow. That, that's right, yeah. That's, that's an excellent point. And and that's something we spent a lot of time iterating over, is uh, finding the best way that we could do this that was the most fun, and so that it wasn't just a gimmick for the players to move between the two screens. We wanted to make sure that, um, that, that we made sure that the geometry is the same on both screens, okay. so, that, um, so that the by, player... By geometry, what do you mean? I mean like the, the, the ground that they're walking on oh, okay. gotcha. is the same on both screens, so that there might be a platform that's missing on one screen, or platforms that are spread across both screens, yeah. but the basic uh, layout of the level is still the same, so the players don't get confused and they don't have to, sure. okay. as you said, they don't, they don't skip half a level. Yeah. And, um, you know, did you, when did you get the realization on exactly what the best design principles for designing these types of levels would be? That, that's evolved over time. You know, for some things, we knew right away that we were onto something. And then for other things, for example, the combat is something that we've gone back and forth and iterated on numerous times before we've uh, finally settled on uh, the best way forward. And so that was something that only really happened quite recently. But like I said, for the, for the platforming stuff, it was immediately obvious that we were onto something good. Okay. And for the, for the battling, what, what were some of the issues or challenges that you encountered? And does it relate to the, having the two screens, or was it something else that caused the issue? No, it was definitely the two screens. Okay. Um, and like you said before, with the, um, the ability to skip, we were, we were concerned that maybe the player oh, okay. would just battle on one screen and then they wouldn't... Uh, they wouldn't so, so they would miss the bosses in the other screen or some of the other enemies in the other screen? That's right. It might, it might reduce the, uh, the usage of screen switching, which we didn't want to do. We want to make sure the player's always, always screen switching because that's kind of the interesting part of our game. So we need to figure out how we could get the, the player to switch both screens and keep it interesting for them. Okay, and so what was the final solution? I mean, how do you do that? 
um, you know, how do you figure out the the right balance? And do you require that the players have to battle all the all the items on both screens? Yeah, it was it was kind of a a, a triple phase solution. Really, we we came up with a, a few a few different ways of uh, of handling it. One is, uh, of course, the the old solution of locked combat rooms, yeah. so the player has to kill everything in sight. Uh, another solution is um, making sure that they have to dodge the bullets. So making sure that there's no way for them to uh, jump the bullets or duck the bullets, so they have to they have to switch screens to get out of the way of the bullets, and so that kind of forces them to to fight on both screens. But the other thing is that there are some parts of combat where we don't force them to to battle across both screens. They can just take one screen if it's easier, and 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 why not? That's still using the screen switching mechanic, so that works. Okay. And um, did you do play testing while you were doing all this, or was it mainly just testing within team? Uh, it was a bit of both. We we did we certainly did a lot of testing within the team, but uh, we also uh, took it to other people and, and even other developers and, and got them to hands on. I mean, this is this is a game that I think most Australian developers are familiar with, just simply yeah. because we've we've showed them and we've got them into the studio and and uh, had them play around with it and give us feedback. So it's been very useful to do that. And what would you say then are the top three things that you that your team did that actually allowed you to successfully complete this game and, and do it well? I think uh, the Probably the 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 main thing I think for us was uh, um, getting the right feel of the game, the right mood. Yeah. I mean, originally we had a completely different idea for for how the game should work uh, in terms of the uh, the characters and the world. So I think we came up with something that's really interesting and, and it fits the the dual screen, a very mature, very deep storyline, which is something you don't see on DS. Yeah. So that I think sets us apart from from what other DS games are doing as well. Um, I think. Uh, Splitting up the gameplay between the platforming and the uh, and the and the shooting levels okay. um, is something that, that that works quite well. So it makes sure that the screen switching mechanic is is not just in platforming and it's not just uh, one thing that, that works in one in one way. It it works multiple ways across across different gameplay styles. Okay, and um, you know, can you talk about the story more? Were there any challenges with this story, or is that pretty much straightforward story design, narrative story design? Actually, there are a lot of problems with the story, which okay. is which is kind of funny because you can argue that you shouldn't spend that much time on a DS story. But uh, you know, we're big fans of the DS, and uh, yeah. we wanted to do something special with it—not just the gameplay, but the story as well. So uh, we've done something that that, that deals with uh, the character's um, mortality, which is something that uh, we haven't really seen on the DS. I don't think before. I mean, we're seeing it in other platforms, but we haven't told this kind of story on DS ever before. So. Uh, I hope the players will appreciate it, and uh, we certainly spent uh, a lot of time going over the story, iterating it, making sure that it worked for all the different worlds that we wanted to put in, and making sure that it, it was uh, an interesting and, and cohesive story that will keep the players guessing. Okay. And were there any multiplayer elements that you were thinking about putting into this? We did consider that. Um, at the moment, that's beyond the scope of this project, okay. um, but potentially down the track, you know, we look at sequels or perhaps uh, yeah, another title. And so now you're also now considering an iPhone game. Can you talk about that more, or what, what can you say about that? Yeah, we're, we're, we've just actually finished um, our first original iPhone product. It's a music-making game uh, that we're calling Rocket DJ, and it's a really casual, high-level music-making game that people can just drag and drop samples. We've got over 300 sample loops in there, 10 yeah. seconds each, over 15 genres, and they can just drag and drop those samples and create a track, upload it to YouTube with one button, 
and uh, it's, it's really you know something that people can idle away 10 minutes making a track and share it with their friends so how do you go from that ds game which is more platformer more traditional stuff to this kind of you know more casual game and and how did how did you handle the transition or do you think that's something that's expected of studios now oh yeah i think it's definitely expected of studios particularly uh handled studios like us you know our background is is ds and that's meant very core hardcore games i guess which which fractured soul is fits fits into but um you know with the, the emergence of uh, platforms like iphone it's it, it's a different audience people are expecting those games that they can idle away 10 10 minutes yeah. half an hour on rather than sit down and play for eight hours and where do you see now the future of mobile game going? Um, since you're doing DS, you're doing iPhone, wh- where do you feel it's going? Yeah, well, it's, that's a really good question. Um, I mean, obviously we're excited by DSiWare, and okay. uh, we've got a concept in place for that, uh, which is, again, something very innovative that, that makes use of the DSi in a, in a unique way. Um, I'm curious to see where Android goes, and I'm also very curious to see what happens with iPhone and iPad. Um, you know, it's it's funny that the iPhone market is just seems to be changing week to week, and, and what what people are getting out of it. So, so I'm as curious as you are to see where that goes. Okay. And you don't think everything's going to just go on to these phones with these smartphones? All the game development is not going to move to the smartphones because that seems like a lot larger base than DS. Mm, yeah, I don't see that happening in the short term, at least. Um, I think there's still a place for, for, the, for the hardcore gamers um, playing on their, uh, you know, PS3s or even DSs and PSPs. I think that's there's still a big market there, and that's still doing quite well. So I, I don't see that I don't see that changing uh, in the in the near future. Thank you very much. Thank you.